0: Welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 60. It's actually season 2, episode 10. I'm Craig. I'm Britt. And Britt, we're back again. This is the first week of DFS. It has finally yes. arrived. Huzzah.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but we'll start off as we do every week. Um, so I am solo canning. Yeah, Chris, I'm Chris taking a week off.
1: Uh, well, I'll tell you just before you get into your beer thing, we've got um, our good friend Sean's bachelor party this weekend, which... Good friend. Uh, well, yeah, well, right. yeah, he's our good friend. He doesn't <laughs> listen so I can, well, I'll still say he's a good friend. Um and that's going to be a two-day affair of wild drinking and the weekend after that is Oktoberfest. So my oh, yeah. liver said to me the other day, if you day think, oh take <laughs> you yeah, you're going to need to take at least a couple of days off and you're going to need to skip a podcast in terms of drinking. So I'm I've on vitamin water today, but you have a very colorful can. I do
0: and this was I went to the liquor store, one
1: of them, the many near us, and I said, what new
0: IPAs do you have? And uh, he pointed out this one. It's uh, Ninja vs. Unicorn
1: Double this, India Pale Ale. Is this the guy you like up on the Turnpike? It is, because he has a dog. He has a dog, and he's he's made a lot of recommendations for you. Yes, he has. Uh, so this is by Pipeworks Brewing.
0: So let's see. Uh, uh, sorry, I it opened it. I should have waited to open it for the sound effect. but
1: Well, that's okay. I can tell you. He's, he's sipping from the can right now. Very colorful can. I... I I don't know. The artwork's a little disturbing to me. It's a unicorn headbutting a, a ninja. It's a really
0: pissed off unicorn and a ninja with a sword.
1: Yeah, this is not. This is not a happy
0: kind of like. No, you know? no, no, definitely not. No, this is not a. This is this is a this is a blood feud type yeah. picture here. Um. Well, it's not as happy as I thought it would be. Okay. But it gets really, really juicy on the back end. But you get that initial kind of little bit like hop aftertaste, but it's not overwhelming for a double. But it's not like a New England style juicy. Not that juicy. Okay. But you get a little bit of the, you get a hop on the back end of it after the juiciness. Right. But it's not as, I don't want to use the word bitter. It's not as hoppy as I thought. Yeah. It would be going by being a double.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, double IPAs have that that very um, strong hoppiness reputation. So I'm not surprised. I mean, that's usually what I expect when I go. And let's face it, the the doubles we've had around here that we have most frequently Road to Ruin at Two Roads, Fuzzy Baby Ducks, Double Baby Ducks from Nebco. They're, yeah, they're, uh, there's um, a lot around here. <laughs> what's the one down? What's the one down at Brewport called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's a very hoppy double. I mean, we're used to very hoppy doubles. Just in our immediate area, so I think that that reputation is is well taken. So, all right. Well, like Craig said, we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, we have the uh, initial DFS rankings up. Um, I've got my value plays ready to discuss. Uh, but uh, and we're uh, beer in. But for first, we got some burning hot take questions. So, Craig, why don't you lead us off?
0: All right. Well, this kind of well, this kind of goes into something I think we were going to talk about. Yeah. No. Go um, ahead. But did you hear the news about Le'Veon Bell? I heard that he is not in camp. He is not in camp, and they are predicting because of his contract issues, he is not going to show up for Week One. He will not be ready.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, do the, you
0: do you think it's just time for Pittsburgh to pull the plug, cut the cord, and say, "See you later"? That's not, too much of a distraction.
1: That's not really Pittsburgh's way. I mean, how Pittsburgh has handled holdouts in the past is let folks sit and, and wallow. And say, "All right, fine. We'll save money, and we're going to go on and and go to Plan B." Um, And I think that's what they're going to do here. That's why those those
0: let them sit there till Week Ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, they will. If if the Tomlin is not, I'm I'm measuring my words carefully, so I apologize for the stutter. Tomlin is not one to suffer fools gladly. When you anger Mike Tomlin, you pay a penalty in terms of playing time and exposure. Do not be a hundred percent shocked if I think you said he's got a report for week ten to get a year for credit towards free agency, right? I think so, something like that. He's got to play like week ten last is six a key or seven part games. of it, right? Don't be shocked. He shows up in week ten and he rides the bench the weeks that he's there. Particularly if Pittsburgh is doing well, if he walks through the door in week ten, I think their off week is like week seven, so they'd have nine, eight games under their belt. If they're six and two or five and three when he comes strolling in the door. Don't be shocked if they're like, all right, yeah, weight room's over that way. Enjoy yourself. Because he's not going to get a good deal next year if he doesn't get exposure. And they know right. that. So if, they, if he messes with them, I would not be shocked if Tomlin messed right back. Look what happened with Martavius Bryant. Oh, yes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> they seriously strung him out. They limited his play time to like, I think he was averaging like two catches a game in most games last year. They traded him during the offseason to somebody who would give him value. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if if he sits around until a trade partner comes out or he makes him sit the entire season. I would not be shocked. Now that being said, if Bell walks through the door and the Steelers are 2 and 6, that's a different situation. You know, Tomlin's worried about his job. He's worried about how things appear. He might make a move. Somebody gets yeah. injured, he might make a move. But if Bell walks through the door and they're 2-6 and six and be, it's because Ben is bashed up and something's happened to Antonio Brown, he's not going to he's not gonna acquiesce to that. He's going to say, all right, we're going to have a bad year. We're going to get him next year instead. And Bell's not going to be a part of that. So we'll let Bell sit on the bench and no one's going to see him play and no one's going to know what he's be able to do. And then let him walk. That's fair. That's my thought. <clears throat> so what are your thoughts on this?
0: Um, He should have just stayed at the Air Queen.
1: <laughs> I, that's really where this all began. That's where this all went that's off the started. rails. Last year, he talked about holding out. He wanted a new contract. He wanted to talk. Yep. He wanted to avoid the franchise tag. And then he tweeted that he was at Dairy Queen applying for a job. And ever since, with an application in his hand, ever <laughs> since it has just been nightmare drama with him. And don't forget, his first four weeks last year were not good. No, they weren't. He, he underperformed. Took him a while. Yeah, he needs. Camp warm up. So again, he walks through the door in week seven or eight. Doesn't mean he's starting it next week.
0: That's true. You know? Because um, now there's rumors, you know, about the offensive line getting pissed off about it. There's a rumor that his agent said that Bell's
1: concerned about being overworked. Well, and you know, and that was a bad mistake because if he does show up and they decide not to utilize him immediately and he opens his mouth once about how he's not getting enough playing time. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin will walk right into that next press conference. And when somebody says, how do you respond to Bell's complaints about playing time? He'll say, well, that particular player is concerned about being overworked. So we're sitting him down for uh, as long as we can, because we don't want to overwork him. That's the last I thing I want to do. And that's what they'll do. They'll swipe right back at him. Tomlin has done it before. Tomlin does not mince words on people he likes and dislikes. And, and he's a winning coach. He's got a super bowl. under he his does. belt. He does. He does. And Pittsburgh does not fire coaches. They've only, he's the the third coach since the 70s. Oh, yeah, huh? Chuck Knoll was there forever. What's his name? Oh, God. How am I not remembering? the mustache. Bill Cower. Thank you. And what's, who's that guy? (laughs) Bill Cowher was there forever. Bill Cowher left under his own terms. Tomlin's Tomlin, I think, is the most is the did second he take most. Over after Cowher, he did. He was he he's the guy who came in after Cowher. They he's been there all that time, and we're talking like 12, 13 years at this point. If he is not the most tenured coach in AFC, it's just because Marvin Lewis is true. Uh, so I think he's probably a year or two behind Marvin Lewis, and and he's been there forever, and that's their habit. They tend to to stay with the same folks. So. Yeah, I, I would be concerned. If you are a Bell owner, you need to be on the waiver wire getting James Conner right now. Or anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah don't pick up Byron Scott because there was a big push for Byron Scott. Oh, my God. Byron Scott made the roster. Byron Scott was released by New Orleans this morning. Was he? In order to make room for an offensive lineman because they were weak on offensive line. They also brought in Mike Gillisley and immediately listed him at two on the depth chart. Okay, so then. Byron Scott went from this guy who might be backing up Kamara to to the next day being the guy who's going to be their kick returner, to the guy now going to the practice squad once he clears waivers. Don't, don't buy yeah. the Byron Scott stuff. So, okay, let's see. Uh, question from Britt. Well, I was going to talk about the, the bell thing, but, um, okay. I want to know, so Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. The, the, the most injured tight end in the history of tight ends. <laughs> He's up there. <laughs> says he is completely healthy for week one. Okay. I'm not counting a full game. I'm counting snaps where he would normally be on the field. How long before Jordan Reed misses time? And do you trust him at all in either DFS or season long? Season long? No, because I don't think he's I don't think he's going to
0: make the whole season. So how far does he
1: go before he misses time, like has to limp off
0: the field and miss a drive or something like that? And this rate and, you know, right before the season starts and knowing his history, I'll give him week seven. Wow, I'm giving him week three.
1: <laughs> I'm giving him week three. By the middle
0: of the season, I think he's definitely hurt in some manner <laughs> that causes him to miss quarters of football.
1: Yeah, he's it's it's a virtual certainty he's gonna miss time. But I I think it's DFS be
0: or later. um you know DFS is a little different. Um <coughs> if you think he's healthy, he's playing the Bills or I mean the Brown you know, the Browns or whatever. Yeah. Um or bad defense. Yeah. Or the Jets. Uh yeah, I would start him but not in season long.
1: Okay. All right. And our third burning hot take question comes from our uh, podcasting buddy, uh, Cinch. Um, Adam also wrote to us, but Adam asked about bell status. And that was last night. Now we know that now bell we know. status has been resolved. So <laughs>
0: we just answered that.
1: Cinch has a start sick question. Uh-oh. Do you recommend he starts in, a, in a, a PPR, a regular PPR? Is this for our league? Yes, it is. Oh, good. Pat Mahomes versus the Chargers. Okay. Or Deshaun Watson Versus the Patriots. Oh God! What do you think? Uh, I can tell you. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna look and see what my analysis you know, says. I'm gonna hear your thoughts. So I'm gonna look up on my end and see what who I have retire.
0: Um, Watson or Mahomes. His, historically, the Patriots have always. Well, not maybe not historically, but in recent times, the Patriots have always leaned more on their offense than their
1: defense. Yeah,
0: like the last couple of years, their defense has not been. But the whole "Ben don't
1: break" theory of
0: defense. Yes. That's pretty much what they did. Yeah. So. I I would start um who was it? Mahomes. No, not so I would start Mahomes.
1: Start Mahomes. All right. So this is how start, close I'm it. sorry, start Watson against start the Patriots. Start Watson over the there against go. the Patriots. Yes. That's hard for Cinch being a Patriots fan. We know that. I know. You know. Um so I just looked at my rankings. Okay. I have Watson slated for twenty-two points and Mahomes slated for twenty-one. So Okay, so in that case it's a toss-up. You know, I think I think your point in that case. I'm thinking to myself, which defense is going to yield more passing yards? Right. And it's probably going to be, I think Watson's going to connect more. I mean, so we're saying the quarterbacks in terms of matchup and ability are fairly even. So then do I trust a guy making his first meaningful start? Because he started the game last year, but it was it was the, the rest Alex Smith for the playoffs game. His first real meaningful game with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins or do I start Deshaun Watson, who's returning from injury and is reestablishing his rhythm with Hopkins and Fuller? I gotta go with the second one. Yeah, so definitely. Cinch start start Deshaun Watson and sleep like a baby. Are either of us playing say. Cinch? I am. Oh, okay. Oh crap. Start. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's a point difference. All right. So if I lose by a point to Cinch and he starts Watson, then I'll I'll regret saying that. But yeah, now that you mentioned, I am playing Cinch this week. I didn't think of that. So. All right, so on we've got uh, a ton of DFS stuff to go over. So one of the things we talked about a lot last year is playing the uh, hot matchup in terms of DFS. Right. So one of the things we look at is the over underlines for Vegas. So, Craig, yep. you know my magic number is for a high-point t- total 50 or more, mm-hmm. and anything that's sub 40 or even sub 30 35 depending on if there's a lot of games um, is really where I look to avoid. So I look high scoring games, you can expect more fantasy points out of someone scoring Correct. points there. Yep. Low f- total games, you're probably expecting less fantasy performance. Doesn't mean that somebody's not going to have a great game, but it means that if they're only expecting 30 points to be scored, not everybody's going to have a touchdown. So, I'm looking at the lines for week 1. Okay. Thursday through Monday cuz don't forget we have a Monday double header. We do. I believe Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, we do. We have the traditional...
0: The Jets, Lions, and then Rams, Raiders.
1: Ooh, the Chiefs are the sole four o'clock start. That means they might be on TV. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, of the 16 or 15 games this weekend, only one has a line of 50 or higher. Really? And only one has a line under 40. All thirteen games this week are in the forty-ish range, and that's that's the week one. We don't know. Who's yeah, doing we don't know what, what the hell is going to happen. So you tell me who's the favorable matchup, and your clue is their over under total is fifty one. Fifty one. So what one game on the lineup Ooh. this week? You get three shots at it. Uh, fifty
0: one. Let me just look at these really quick. Yep, here. look at
1: the schedule right now, because again, a game with fifty one total points. You're going to target that game. That means, you know, they're expecting somewhere in the realm of six to seven touchdowns, you know, because it, it doesn't exactly work out. So that's why I'm saying six to seven. Yeah. There's, you're expecting six to seven touchdowns. At the very least, high point total games, get the kicker. That's true. Somebody's <laughs> got to boot the extra points of the field goal. Somebody has to do it. You know, I mean, if it's a 60, you know, and they're going to kick 10 field goals on each side, then you want those kickers.
0: Um. My first guess, just looking at the schedule, because I'm not looking at points at all. Right. Um, Steelers-Browns. No. Okay.
1: Steelers-Browns, over-under is 46. All right. That was close. Um, They're all bunched. Like, I'm looking at one that's 49 and a half. Chiefs-Chargers. Chiefs-Chargers, no. 47 and a half. Damn. One more shot. One more shot. Um, Hmm.
0: Because I just feel like these defenses are better than most of these (laughs) Um... See, I
1: feel like bad teams are playing bad teams this week. Yeah, I know,
0: right? Um, I'll take a shot in the dark. Uh, Falcons-Eagles.
1: Falcons-Eagles is 45. Damn it. It The correct answer is the Houston Texans at the New England Patriots. Really? Is an over-under of 51. The Patriots are favored by 6.5, so by a touchdown. Wow. So what Patriots are you looking at? In general, you're always looking at Tom Brady, right? Right. As a potential. He's going to be expensive, though. We're not talking value. We're talking value plays in a few minutes. Um, Gronk I, always Gronk, be expensive. I am not. I still don't know what to do about that backfield. Rex Burkhead supposed to be ready. I would not touch Rex Burkhead in DFS, which means, you, I don't know, James White. I hear a lot of good things. People are like, you know, no matter what happens, James White always sees volume if there's volume to be had. I don't know. Um, so I, I'm going to look at the passing game for New England. On the Houston side of the ball, I'm looking at everything. I love Lamar Miller this week. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be fantastic. He's clearly back in sync with Hopkins and Fuller based on what we saw during the preseason. The problem is all of those guys are expensive except Lamar Miller, who we'll talk about when we get to the value plays. So now, opposite of the spectrum. Okay. One game under 30, and you have four of them eliminated because you guessed them and I told you the number. That's true. So there is one game. Under 40. Under 40. Well, where the hell did it go? I don't know. Crap. There better still be a one game under 40. <laughs> Never mind.
0: Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Wait a minute. Well, maybe. Are there any games under 40?
1: Well, there's a 40 and a half. So worst case, uh, we'll do that. All right.
0: Well, we can do that, I guess.
1: Well, I'm looking to see if there's... I could have sworn I saw a 39.
0: That's Well, I mean, it could have changed already.
1: Well, I haven't refreshed the page. Okay, 40 and a half is the lowest I have. Okay. So we'll call that one a 40. That's the one we're targeting. Okay. What one game is 40 and a half the lowest anticipated point total of week one belongs to what matchup cowboys panthers no hmm cowboys panthers where are you that's a 42 and a half damn it see i i don't think i don't think dallas has much offense but i think they no. have even less defense i think carolina's gonna light them on fire that's fair i do i mean what's uh, the front line on that carolina is well carolina is only favored by three. Oh. that's shocking to me I, I guess they think man,
0: is, <coughs> Zeke is going to run over them, at least for a little so. bit.
1: I mean, I guess that's, that's. if I were a betting man, my money would be on Carolina in that match. Um, hmm. Bears-Packers. Bears-Packers, where are you? Bears-Packers, 47 and a half. Ooh, I went the opposite direction. The Trubisky, the Allen Robinson. I have heard such talk about Allen Robinson going into this week, and I've got him on my bench. Do you believe in Allen Robinson this year? I, I want to see it. I want to see That's him fair. in a I mean, real week,
0: week one, two are usually giant kills. So here's,
1: here's my issue. So in the live league, it's a 10-team league, so we, we do get to be a little bit stacked. I've got Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook. Right. I've got Lamar Miller, who I just said I, I think is going to have a big week. Mm-hmm. So I put Miller at the flex. Okay. So my wide receivers are Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas, and then Allen Robinson's the first name on the bench. So I could have to bench either Cook or... Cook or I'm sorry. I, just, I said Hunt, I meant Fournette because that trade didn't happen. Fournette or Cook. I'd have to bench one of those for Lamar Miller. That's not going to happen, right? You got to start right. Fournette and Cook. Right. So my choice is I could, put, I could put him in the flex and bench Miller. Do I trust Allen Robinson over Lamar Miller right now? No, I don't. No. Do I trust Allen Robinson over Michael Thomas or Tyreek Hill? Maybe. Yeah, but it's a stretch on the Tyreek Hill one. I don't really. So Allen Robinson right now is riding my bench going, hello? <laughs> hello, I'm here. Hello? Anybody? 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 There's wolves after me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hungry and there are wolves <laughs> after me. So I don't know um, what to do there. But all right, anyway. So that was your guess too. You got one yep. more guess.
0: Cardinals, Redskins.
1: No, that's a 44. Damn it! I'm actually surprised you didn't get this one because it glared at me. Bills at Ravens. Well,
0: oh, yeah. Average yeah.
1: Joe and his and his against
0: the, the Bills.
1: Right. I mean, the only <laughs> thing the only thing that favors and I think the Ravens are the Ravens are a seven point favorite. The only thing that favors the Ravens is the Bills are bad on both sides of the ball. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to start stop the Ravens, but I don't think the Bills are going to score more than three or four points. Three or four. Wow. They score well, four. Wow. They could score four. Theoretically, with they a, could score four with points. With a bad defense, they could score four. I'm still trying to figure out how you score one in Canadian. <laughs> um, did I tell you that? No. The day we went to get our tuxes fitted, we were we, Sean and I stopped to have a drink at a bar. Shocking, I know. Right. And there it was a Canadian football game on and at one point, I looked up and the score was two to one, and I'm not even joking. And I said, and they were
0: playing American, f- well, football, not well, it's soccer, yeah, right? No, yes. Yeah, Canadian okay. league football,
1: <laughs> Canadian league rules. And I just, I just nudged Sean. I was like, "How the hell do you score one in in Canadian football? I mean, two is obviously the minimum in uh, I mean, American I think,
0: football, right?
1: Yeah. I think I think the only way to score one in an NFL game is forfeiture. Really? Yes. Because they have to put a score down to delineate that one team forfeited over another, but they don't want to give them too many points because they don't want to skew stats. Has that ever happened? I think it happened like once in like the 40s. I'll have Maybe to look, that. Have to look yeah, that up. Look that up at some point and check me. I may be full of it on that one, but anyway. All right, so I'm avoiding the Bills-Ravens game, or am I? I don't no. know. Because because,
0: Mr. Tucker can have a lot of kicks that game. <laughs> he could.
1: He could. But the Bills' defense is so bad. That's why I'm shocked the line isn't only 7. If that line were 10 to 14, I would be very interested in going with the Ravens. And you're going to hear that because we're going to go on to our DFS picks, my value picks for the week. Let's start a quarterback. Okay. I ran the numbers. Blake Bortles. I, yeah. <laughs> I ran the numbers on 29 of the starting <laughs> anticipated starting quarterbacks. Right every single one came out at a potential for 3x value based on my projections which means either a we're going to have passing through the roof or b i projected folks too high i'm going to guess it's probably b i
0: don't know i mean it's it's week 1 week 1's always not easy to predict
1: <laughs> so my value my value picks this week are case keenum because i've got him projected for 21 points mm. and he is a 5.1 i mean he's 5100 Right, so that puts him just under four X. And now,
0: quick, quick aside, just sure. remind people we're doing, um, like DraftKings. This is DraftKings King stuff, right? Yes. Not FanDuel.
1: I have not done FanDuel numbers. Um, maybe I should start doing them again, but I have not. So, uh, Case Keenum's just under a four X value in my book, and Joe Flacco is just over a four X value in my book because he's only forty nine hundred. Do you feel comfortable building a lineup around Case Keenum or Joe Flacco in Week One? Who is Case Keenum playing? Denver. He's playing at home against Seattle.
0: If I had to pick between the two, I would pick Joe. I know are you
1: afraid of the Seattle defense after like they cut everybody?
0: That's true. That I don't is know. True. I mean I'm asking. No, I, no, but I mean overall I think Seattle is a better team in general. So I would they're gonna make I feel pro. like the Bills are turning into the Browns, like I mean, if they're playing the, the Bills, you should start them.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. If you're asking me who's going to have to throw more in the second half, it's probably Case Keenum because Seattle's either going to take the lead or try to keep it close and Denver's going to be playing catch up. I don't think Baltimore is going to struggle against um, No, they're not Buffalo, but that also is the other thing. If they just out, uh, unleash Joe and they send him out there and it's 21 nothing at halftime and he's not throwing anymore, he's, but, gonna... I mean, but if he's got three touchdowns and 200 yards because they because again, their backfield is Alex Collins. I know a lot of people are big on Alex Collins. I'm not. I, I don't. Their running game isn't great, right? But their wide receivers stink too. I don't, I don't know. We'll get to the wideouts in a minute. Okay, so those are my value picks. But to be honest with you, most of the guys on the list are looking at three X value. I mean, even Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, I've got projected for almost 20 points. So, <laughs> and he's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's true. Um, oh, but you know, and, and quick disclaimer: the standard disclaimer. We're just going to do it once at the beginning of this year. We give these numbers. We give our suggestions. We're not liable for your gambling losses. <laughs> if you decide to pursue these things on on DraftKings or FanDuel, do so at your own discretion and bet responsibly. Um, don't. Uh, True. There's no, a little should, disclaimer on our site. Yeah, we should probably, if we have five minutes at the end, we should talk about um, games we would bet. Seeing as now there's a lot of places where betting is legal. True. Like Straight up betting. If we soon to, pick, to be here, eventually yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, no, Connecticut probably not till next year. But I mean, mm. I think New Jersey's live. True. Um, Delaware is live, which <laughs> shocks me. We're in Delaware. Delaware's <laughs> one, yeah, we're in high. I'm in Delaware. <laughs> so, All right. So on to the running backs. little bit less of, you just gave a strange look. What just happened?
0: Oh, no. The the recording thing paused, but it caught itself up.
1: Okay. you Sorry. just made The look on your face was just, what the hell just happened? Yeah. we no, We're good. You know, we're good. <laughs> if you had said to me, well, I just read an article saying Le'Veon Bell just gave birth to a baby boy, <laughs> it would not have shocked me based on the look on your face. All right. Running backs, I've got a few that are in my value-looking value, value looking meter. The first one's easy, speaking of Le'Veon Bell, is James Conner. Because, because he's going to be the one running. Correct. <laughs> and when these things came out a month, month and a half ago, I mean, D- DraftKings lets you start putting in lineups in, like, July. Yeah. So they were publishing week one values ages ago. So they have James Conner at 4,500, and he's going to be the lead back. So I have him slated for 16 points, which is over a 3.5 value. And, they so, the they pl- and they're playing the Browns. They are, And they're playing the Browns. I'm
0: sorry, Browns fans. They are still the Browns. I'm a Bengals fan. I, the Browns are still the Browns until they prove something. I, I have
1: to <laughs> fact check this, but I read somewhere that Cleveland has opened almost every season at home since they came back into the league. Okay. Because they have yet to win a week one game at home. And they've been back since what, like 2002? 2000? Yeah. Early two thousand late nineties. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking like eighteen plus while. years. Don't forget, and this is this is there you go, we want to go back in time. There was the year they were they played Kansas City in Cleveland. Okay. And this is before they left. Or you, after No, this is after. Okay. This is after. This is the year that Kansas City started out like ten and 0 I think it was under Elvis Gerback. <laughs> wow. And week one, the Kansas City Chiefs had a fifty yard attempt to win the game. They were down two clock was expiring, and he shanks the field goal. I can't remember who the kicker was.
0: Raul Alegre.
1: Probably. (laughs) But a lineman from Cleveland ran through the line, and as the kick went off, ripped his helmet off and screamed at a random chief, and they threw a flag for taunting because he removed his helmet and he taunted a chief. Well, you can't end a game on a defensive penalty. That is so true. So they moved the fifty-yard field goal to a forty-yard field goal and let them try again. And this time he hit it, and the Chiefs won that game by a point, <laughs> and then went on to win the next nine straight to start the season. I gotta double check it. I, I'm almost—I remember this happening. I'm pretty sure it was the year that they had the really hard, the hot start. But it definitely happened. That the, was the, that the, the year
0: they lost the their undefeated streak lost, went <coughs> stopped due to the Bengals.
1: It might have been. It was either the Bengals or the 49ers because it was a big deal that Gerbach was going back to San Francisco and San Francisco was like eight and one. Mm. I gotta look it up now. Either way, it's happened where Cleveland has literally been <laughs> on the cusp of victory at home in week one. And, and screw it up. Jackass <laughs> rips off his helmet because he's excited, they end up getting getting the loss. So yes, being Cleveland at home in week one is not a good thing, except you're unless you're James Conner. Right. So um Peyton Barber. I also have him because he's forty one hundred. Ronald Jones was supposed to be the starter Ronald Jones Jr Ronald Jones is oh, yeah, that's true he was the preordained we drafted this guy he's not the top of the depth chart. they're saying Barber's the starter so again another guy with a low salary and I've got for about 15 points so he's a value play. Corey Clement, I don't understand his value play and and this is uh, it, we're we're trying to make a shift to getting these um podcasts out on Thursday. so if you're saying well why are you talking about Corey Clement he played last night. It's just because we're still trying to work those bugs out, but we're working on it. So Corey Clements on my list. Carlos Hyde. Really? Really? Cleveland's overcrowded backfield and <clears throat> Carlos Hyde, but. I mean, someone has to run the ball. Right. I, 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 because again, Nick Chubb was supposed to be the future and Hyde's supposedly the starter. I've got him pegged for 14 points. I'm not real high on Hyde, but he's in the value range. Same thing with Dion Lewis. I don't yep. trust Deion Lewis and Derek and you Henry. You have but uh,
0: Lamar Miller and Royce Freeman next
1: yeah. yeah and lamar miller is the end of royce freeman i like but he didn't make the value line he's at i've got him at 13 points but four and a, four forty five hundred is his salary so right. if you rate that out that's 13.5 and i've got him about 13 so he's just underneath the line but i love lamar miller this week i love yeah. Lamar. who else who's there behind lamar miller sure i'll tell you a funny <laughs> story okay so i'm listening to i think it was uh football diehards okay and Somebody was like, I really like Lamar Miller this week. And the other guy was like, why would you like Lamar Miller? And the first guy was like, name his backup. And the second guy was like, uh. Exactly. (laughs) And the first guy went, his backup is still Alfred Blue. Who? And the second guy was like, Alfred Blue is still in Houston? See, nobody knows who the backup is. They're going to rely on Lamar Miller. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's the highest scoring over-under of the week. So I like Lamar Miller. I am using Lamar Miller in cash games. That's the other disclaimer. Don't forget, there's two types of DFS formats mainly, and they are tournament and cash games. My value plays right. are targeted for cash quick, games.
0: Quick thing, short definition of those for people I don't know.
1: Okay. Tournaments are large pools, which usually have tiered winnings. So 10,000 people, number one gets a million dollars. Number two gets 100,000. Number three gets 10,000, et cetera. Right. It's very, very, you have to be in like the top five or 6% of the the scores. Those tend to favor folks who go with bold, unexpected picks that no one else uses. Because that's where ownership comes in. People talk about ownership value. Ownership value is how many people own somebody. So if, Lamar, if 50% of all the people out there decide to invest in Lamar Miller, he has a high ownership value. Okay. So tournaments focus on getting guys that are low owned but score big. Cash games, less focus on ownership because the payouts are even for an exact number of people. An example, a double-up. If you're in a double-up, that means... I'm sorry, in a 50-50. Let's use the easy example. A 50-50 means half the people win, half the people lose. In a group of 100, 50 people are going to win. First place is going to pay out the same as 50th. That's a cash game. It's a different strategy. Tournaments, you tend to be more bold. You tend to worry about ownership value. You want people that aren't owned by everybody to go nuts because it differentiates your team. Right. In cash games... You really don't care if everybody owns your team unless it's like 70%. If 40% of the people own your guy, that's fine because 50% of the people are going to win. So it's different. My values target cash games. Double ups, triple ups, multipliers, 50-50s, those kinds of games. So, you know, we're talking about that because I do think Lamar Miller is going to be high-owned at that value. I think he's going to be very high-owned. You know who's going to be owned through the roof?
0: Who? James Conner. Yeah, because he's going to start now.
1: Yeah. I, you and cannot, they're playing the Browns. That, he's a great example of, of, of this. You can start James Connor in a cash game, like a 50 50. You cannot start James Connor in a tournament. James right. Connor's ownership rate, I'm going to estimate it's going to be around 60 to 70%, which is extremely high. You cannot start James Connor in a tournament this weekend, but you can absolutely use him in a cash game if you need to. So, all right. So, moving on. Thank you for reminding me about that. Uh, wide receivers, the wide receiver value pool stinks. <laughs> I rated <laughs> over 40 wide outs this week and every single one. Because what I do is I, I I read a lot of sites. I look at a lot of expert stuff. I come up with my own numbers. And then I go to DraftKings because I don't want to be influenced by the DraftKings prices. Right, And I say, okay, so I think this guy's going to score 20 points. Oh, his value is 4,000. Okay, that's a 5X. I, that's how I do it. So this week when I went and I started putting in the wide receiver numbers, I was sad. Because there's only two guys that made it over the 3x line and they were John Brown again, Buffalo, and do do we trust that Buffalo is going to throw the ball a lot like you said if they're up yeah. big in the second half, they might rest people, you yep. know, I know it's week 1, but and then the other one's Ryan Grant in Indy, is since he's secondary that bad that Ryan Grant has a chance to score points?
0: No, but they did lose a safety or a cornerback to injury. So
1: What's TY's status? Is TY healthy?
0: Uh, as far as I know, But I really have no idea how the Colts are going to be this year.
1: Yeah, we got to see this. Uh, Another one. we got to see it. I got to see it. I got to see it. So value plays, I don't see a lot of them at wide out, John Brown and or Ryan Grant. Which brings us to tight end. If you were looking for value, (laughs) let me tell you. About value? (laughs) I got value and it still stinks. (laughs) I've got four guys in the value indicator. Okay. I don't like any of them. None of them? Well, no, that's not true. I like one. All right. The first one is Eric Ebron. Do you like him? No. Okay. <laughs> Eric Ebron, because they rated him at only 3300 bucks because he's opposite Jack Doyle. And at the time these came out, nobody knew who the number one was going to be in Indy. But like you said, I don't know what to see about Indy until I see it. Right. I'm not. So I can't, <clears throat> address, I, can't I have address. no
0: idea how uh, Commander Lieutenant Luck is going to be.
1: Right. But I think Ebron <laughs> has a better than 50% chance to get into the end zone if if Captain Andrew Luck can get the, get his sidearm That's going. That's what
0: it is, like Captain, An- yeah, Andrew, Captain Andrew Luck. Captain
1: Andrew Luck. If he can get his sidearm going, I think he has a better than 50% chance to get a touchdown. So I am at about 10 points, which puts him in the value range because he's only 3,300. The guy I like is the second guy in the list, David Njoku. I have been on record. You do love him. I love David Njoku, <clears> and I like him this week because I think that Pittsburgh is going to try and isolate the wide receivers, and I think we're going to see a lot of dump-offs I think you're, that's part of why you, they think Carlos Hyde's going to do well. I think you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot of dump off to Duke Johnson, I think, this year, this week too. But David Njoku, I think, is going to get a lot of those passes. Uh, third one, again, guy I don't like, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper scores 10 points, or he scores negative three. Every week, I don't know that's what true. to You never you. know what Matt Ryan's going to do. Uh, I have him at nine points. I think Philly's defense is weak if you're playing a Thursday pool and you're hearing this Austin Hooper is an option, but I wouldn't use him. You know what his salary is? What is it 2900 Really All he wow. needs to do is get in the end zone once and he's already at 2x value even and that's not counting the PPR points. If he catches the, if he catches a touchdown that's at least 10 yards, he's in 3x. so now the last guy uh, the last guy is interesting to me too. it's Cameron Brayton Tampa. Um, I, I don't know what to make of the box. <laughs> Much like the Colts, yeah, I need to see them. Yeah. So if I'm looking value, I'm looking in Joku.
0: I, I would go Ebron because he's playing the Jets, and historically, the Jets are not stupendous at covering tight ends. The
1: Colts are playing the Jets?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah,
1: he's not in Detroit anymore. Oh,
0: that's see. There you go. He's a Colt. He's a Colt now. So he's playing Cincy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I would start him. <laughs> I would still <laughs> I just, start him. That shocked me yeah, so much to just bump the mic. So yeah. Heard a thump. That's why. <laughs>
1: And that just shocked me. All so right, much. who's the Lions tight end? Uh, now uh, uh, somebody.
0: somebody. Bye. Well, Bye. if you have the option to start the Lions tight end, you should because I, they're playing the Jets.
1: I'm looking at my list. I don't think I ranked a tight end from the I'm gonna Luke look it up. Wilson, up the actor, maybe. I don't know. Okay, well he's looking at. I'm up. gonna look that up. He's gonna look that up. So here's so here's my summary of the week. There's a lot of quarterbacks you can. It get. is Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Okay, I did not rank him. He's on the list here because he's cheap. Hold on. Luke Wilson is only three thousand, but Ebron's only thirty-three hundred. So unless you really need that three hundred bucks, I, I would go. Yeah, Ebron.
0: Sometimes you do.
1: Yeah, maybe you never know. Quarterbacks this week. A lot of guys in a small amount of area. Go with the guy you like and try to go with the guy that you like that's cheaper. But don't stress it too much because you can make up money at running back this week easily by taking one of those guys we mentioned, Connor, Barber, Clement, Hyde, Lewis or Miller. Any of those guys are going to save you money. They're all fifty two hundred or lower um, because you're going to need the money to pay up at wideout. unless you're willing to save money by going with John Brown or Ryan Grant. I'm right. not. I am. Not. So
0: are you one that stacks people at running back?
1: In what way, like the same in, team?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're looking at your DFS for this week, yeah, are you going to spend more money on running backs?
1: I'm going to spend more money at wideouts just because it's not as deep. All right. That that's where I'm looking because I can save. And well, I'm pulling up my lineup right now to see what I actually did because I did program one lineup. Okay. And let's see what I did. No, I don't want to see your ads. Sure you do. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. In in this particular lineup, I did go heavy. I decided to go I embraced the Baltimore might be something decent idea, and I'm starting Flacco and John Brown. Okay. By starting Flacco and Brown mm-hmm. and stay, starting David and Joku at tight end, I saved enough money to be able to start both Gurley and Kamara. Nice. So I did stack running back here. Oh, I'm sorry. Gurley, Kamara, and my flex is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm starting three That's of not the bad. top. I mean, there th- are three of the top five or six running backs right there. But it's because I sacrificed quarterback for Joe Flacco because quarterback is very deep this week. So I can afford to go cheap and I can stack him with John Brown. So that's what I'm looking at. Um, please remember that uh, rules of DraftKings and um, FanDuel prevent us from giving full lineups out on mm-hmm. air. So that's why I'm stopping there. So, You're not hearing yep. about who my other whiteouts are or nope. who my other DFS. are. Oh, I have a qu-
0: I have a question for you. So go on. Um, I did a DFS lineup. Yeah. And I put... um. Adrian Peterson, my flex. He is 4700 which leaves me an extra $200.
1: Okay. Would you put
0: him there, or so would you put in is, someone else? This is
1: a, uh, a DraftKings? DraftKings. Okay. I'm um, looking to see what I have. So
0: I can afford 49 or lower.
1: Do I have Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson did not make my rankings.
0: He was more I he, that flex was in this lineup, Flex was the last position I did. So
1: All right, so he's the Flex at forty seven. Yes. So the question is, is there someone else in the forty nine hundred range I like better? Um well I mean Carlos Hyde's forty five hundred. James Connor is forty five hundred. Is it the cash game or is it tournament? Cash. I might use Connor, but then that just frees up another two hundred bucks. Um right. And so then you'd have 400 bucks to spend up somewhere else. I'm looking at the 4,900 guys. I mean, Dion Lewis is 4,900, but I think I'd take Connor over Dion Lewis right now. Yep. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah. Nobody's jumping out at me. All right. I would, I would probably, you know, I mean, if you want to ride AP, I think AP is more of a tournament play this week because we have no idea what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's gonna be a popular tournament play. Um, look at him for like 30 or 40% ownership potentially. Um, all right. What you need to do is shave a couple hundred bucks somewhere else and get on the Joe Mixon train. Choo choo. Sixty-one hundred in week one for Joe Mixon. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He's only a hundred dollars more expensive than LeSean McCoy, and LeSean McCoy is the only bill I can name.
0: How do you feel about Drake at fifty-nine?
1: I don't. I don't like anything about Miami. Nothing? I just, no.
0: Miami's just not doing it for you.
1: Miami does nothing for me. The only thing I liked about Miami was Jarvis Landry. And now he's in Cleveland.
0: (laughs) And he's in Cleveland. I just, I don't (laughs) like him
1: at all. I mean, it is. I just don't like him at all. So, all right. So we got a few minutes left. So that's, so that's where I'm focusing. Quarterbacks are too, too, are are too bunched up for me to say I need to take value there. But if I'm going to take value there, it's because I'm taking Flacco and I'm pairing him with Brown. Running back, you've got a little bit of value. I'd probably place a stud and one of those value picks. Um, And then uh, tight end, I would definitely use a value pick at tight end. I'm really strong on David Njoku. I really have a feeling he's going to have one catch for eight yards now, but (laughs) I I, I think he's going to have a good game. And that should free you up. If you use a a mid-range quarterback, a value running back, a value wide out, a stud running back that should allow you at least two mid-range write-outs in the yeah. 5000 or so range, and mm-hmm. enough money to get a decent flex. You know? Same thing with defenses this week. None of the defenses jumped out at me as a huge value. I won't go over it because it's boring as hell. But <laughs>
0: Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have the Bears at Green Bay as a value pick. That's fantastic. It's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. So he could put up a ton of points. You could get nothing out of it. True. And I've got the 49ers at Minnesota. What happens if Kirk Cousins decides to show Washington that they made a huge mistake and he puts thirty five up on the Niners? Then they're not good picks. That's Those are true. The only guys that made my value index, and i
0: And the Ravens are playing the Bills.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, see. the Ravens were expensive. The Ravens Thirty eight hundred. The Baltimore Ravens are thirty eight. This is not your father's Ravens, and they're expensive. So okay, let's talk about a little, a couple straight up gambling. Let's you know what? Let's do the out. Let's do the out, outlier games. Let's go straight to Sunday night and Monday. Let's talk a little bit about those games. All right. Sunday night, Bears at Packers. Packers are seven and a half point favorites, and the over unders is 47 and a half. Do you think the Packers will win by more than a touchdown over the Bears?
0: Yes, because the Bears fall into the same category as the Colts, and I have no idea.
1: And it's in even with their
0: Even with their new acquisition
1: and don't forget the myth <laughs> but, about Green Bay is that you know it's only good in the cold weather no on week one that place is going to be riotous particularly when you're there' they're, they're
0: not going to be able to hear
1: yeah no so I'm gonna take Green Bay uh giving the points and uh 47 and a half I'm I'm gonna take the over I yeah think this I would is take the be over a on a high that. scoring game so uh Monday night Jets at Lions mm-hmm. uh 44 and a half is the over under yep. I'm gonna take the under all right all right. Um, and the Lions are giving six and a half. So again, can the Lions win by a touchdown or more? Yes. I agree. I would could. take the Lions. As of right here. now. I'll take the Lions, I'll take the under on that one. Last game. Yeah, oh ones. God. they Ra-
0: they're gonna destroy the Raiders.
1: This is yeah, <laughs> Craig has jumped ahead, but yes, he's right. <laughs> the Rams at the Raiders, the uh, battle of LA, so to speak. Uh the over under is forty-nine and a half. I'm gonna take the over. I think okay. I think the Rams could score forty-nine and a half by themselves in this game.
0: That's true. The Rams bolstered their defense. They're all mercenaries. I mean, so they're, yeah, against the Raiders.
1: (laughs) Let's imagine they give up 10 points to the Rangers. All they have to do is score 40 points. If that game's 40 to 10, they cover. Yeah. You know, and that's entirely possible with this offense. And uh, the Rams are only giving four and a half.
0: Um, I would still take the Rams.
1: So we took all favorites. (laughs) We did. We took the Packers. We took the Lions. And we took the Rams in those games. I took the over in the Packers-Bears game. I took the under in the Jets-Lions game. And I took the over in the Rams-Raiders game.
0: Yep.
1: So, you know, that Rams-Raiders game is going to... And that's that's the last game. And you know they put that there because they want a shootout, right? When the schedule makers were saying, what are we putting in yeah, the Yeah, last 20, year in it's it's week gotta be, two. Right. It's got to be a West Coast game because it's a 10 o'clock start. It's got to be a West Coast game. Last year, it was something like somebody at Chargers. And uh, the Chargers had such a miserable stop. That first game was unwatchable. So, you know, they said, all right, we got to put the Rams out there because the Rams need to, they're going to be a high scoring team. So, um, all right. So there it is. There's our week one analysis. Um, final thoughts, Craig, first, uh, week
0: one, as always, (sighs) and every year, week one is a giant mystery. You have no idea who's going to do what you're going to hear people catching for 120 yards that you've never heard of. Yes. It's very common. So. By, like, week three, everything kind of settles down, but week one is a giant and guess. And do be
1: shocked. You're going to hear about a wideout this week that you're never going to hear from again. No. Somebody's Maybe one to, other time, but that's why yeah. Somebody's it. going to come out the, day, out the gate. Albert Wilson did it a couple years back, if I recall. Had a big week. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Albert Wilson is the future of the Chiefs. No, he's not. Now he's rotting in Miami, and they've already told you what I think of Miami. So uh, my final thought is pace yourself on DFS. DFS, it's easy to keep
0: hitting, you know, enter contest, enter contest. I mean,
1: I put together the the Joe Flacco lineup I was talking about and I looked at it and I went, you know, that's really not a terrible lineup because I've got such studs at running back. I'm estimating 146 points from this lineup. And then I realized, whoa, slow your roll, Hmm. build your bankroll here. Don't bet a hundred dollars in the very first week, unless no. your bankroll is sixteen hundred. Right. Don't right. bet a hundred dollars <laughs> in the first week. You know,
0: pace yourself to like five, ten bucks.
1: Particularly the week you're not comfortable with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can tell you right now, this is the third year we've used the metric. Fourth, yeah, third or
0: fourth. Third
1: or fourth we have, last year we broke about even, but the first, the other two years we made money. We came out ahead. We came out ahead. Last year I think we ended up like up like $2.50 so it was a really a break even year essentially.
0: But two we years had, before, that, two season before that were good.
1: Two years, oh yeah, season yeah, two we like tripled our money which was fantastic. Yeah, that was easy. We just put the numbers off the spreadsheet. <laughs> Whatever the top of the name of the spreadsheet was, just do it. Um, we, we did a really good job. It all comes down to figuring out, and, and again, we're projecting. We're trying to figure out who's going to do what. So, Um, but here's my point every year that we've done this week, one has been a break even or worse week because all of these, um, salaries were published two months ago or over a month ago. All of these projections are based on limited exposure in the preseason and word of mouth. It's all prospecting. We don't have anything factual to go on other than our own eyeballs and what we think will happen. I think David Njoku is going to have a breakout top 5 tight end year in fantasy. He could be terrible. Last year, last year, if you want to go back and look at the tapes, I was telling you I thought Jordan Reed was going to bounce back and have a healthy year. And then he broke he himself. Played 4 games for me. <laughs> I think I think he played 4 games. Maybe it was 6, but he left those two of those 6 games early. So, it, it you know, we have to figure it out as we go. So, be patient with yourself. In the meantime, leave us a review, check out uh Fignutsdfs.com. Uh, check out Twitter at Fignutsdfs. Uh, if you have any lineup questions or anything you would like us to go over, please let us know. It is week one of a very long haul, so the next base, basically four months. Expect to hear a lot about value plays, Vegas lines, and waiver wire pickups. Oh, that's the other thing. Bonus final thought: Start okay. working your waiver wire. Start might as well. Work- start now. <laughs> yes, start working your waiver wire. Do you know how many people I talk to who are like, I drafted this guy because I wanted to make a statement? I knew a guy in another league who drafted Baker Mayfield with his last pick and was like, I'm making a statement that Baker Mayfield is a Hall of Famer. He released him yesterday in (laughs) order to pick up another tight end because he did not like his first tight end. And they were merciless to him on the league board. What happened to Baker Mayfield is the future. I want to pick up the future. It was... we got to work your waiver wire. You're not married to these guys. You're, you're playing fantasy football. So, all right, that's it for us. We will be back next week with week two, week one results. Hopefully when I'm coming back, you know, smoking a big cigar because I want a ton of money. Um, you um, never know. You never know. I'll probably put toss in a tournament lineup or two, but keep a, Keep a sharp eye out if you're playing tournaments. Keep a sharp eye out for what people are anticipating to be ownership values. If you turn up on turn on ESPN and you see a talking head going, this guy needs to be owned in all formats. Don't draft that guy. <laughs> Don't draft that guy because some idiot sitting in a basement in Idaho is going to go, okay, I'm putting him no. in for 75 and, and
0: for the record, we're in a loft. We're in a loft? We're not yeah, in a basement.
1: No, we're not in a basement. So there. We're not in a basement <laughs> at all. So. All right. Until then, I am Brits. No, I'm Craig. Have a great week, everybody. This is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs> Thank <sharp inhale> you. <sharp inhale>